coming up on a set-top box near you, the reverse stick talks broadcasting, or the lack of it. More insight from selfpass.com's Bernardo Fernandez and Hockey World League. This is the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. My name is John Lee, and I'm welcomed, as I am every week, so far at least, by Matt Allen. Thank you very much, John, and uh, good day, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you might be listening to us, and uh, welcome to the Reverse Stick. This is episode number six for us. We've uh, done well to get get this far, and, and we appreciate all of your comments and feedback that are coming through. And uh, yeah, you know, keep on listening and, and spread the word of the podcast. Plenty to talk about today. Uh, we've got the final uh, semi-finals for the Hockey World League underway in Joburg at the moment, and uh, I've got a bit of a grumble a little bit later on. Bit of a grumble. A bit of, well, yeah, a bit of a grumble with regard to all this great hockey that's taking place uh, over in Joburg at the moment. And personally, where I am at the moment, I can't see any of it. Uh, yeah, it, it is a, a problem for hockey, but we'll get to that shortly. And we'll also be featuring tonight, well, today, or whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, part two of our chat with Bernardo Fernandez from selfpass.com. Check out their website. Very good. It's very good indeed, and also you can get them on Instagram and on Facebook, on Twitter, so there's no way that you can't catch up with what the South Pass boys are doing there. You uh, can also catch us there too. You can catch us there as well, uh, forward slash the reverse stick at either Facebook or Twitter. So, um, yeah, follow us, like us, and uh, get on board. So if you could uh, press that big red button over there for me, please, John. Thank you very much. That's a great news voiceover. And the big news at the moment is the Hockey World League. And, of course, um, from the Hockey World League, you qualify for the Hockey World League finals, but you also qualify for the World Cup for both men's and women's. Now, five teams made it through from the recent Hockey World League semi-finals in Brussels. They were the Netherlands, China, New Zealand, Korea and Australia. England qualify for that tournament on the women's side because the World Cup will be held in England. Now we've got an interesting situation there with the USA, Argentina and Germany also having qualified courtesy of the current round of semi-finals in Johannesburg is also now qualifying for the next World Cup. That leaves as by my reckoning two more places two more places to be filled at this current round of semi-finals. Now, as we're recording this, those places haven't yet been decided. However, they will be in a day or two, Matt. We'll know for sure. Uh, I believe you might have some updated results here for us. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say that there's four teams left in the mix there, being uh, India, Japan, South Africa and Ireland. So those sort of fifth to eighth, eighth place games are still to play there. Uh, what's interesting is Spain hasn't qualified. Uh, now, they're the 10th ranked team by the FIH, so they're one of the top 10 that's going to have to fight their way through a continental championship if they're going to make it. Um, what's interesting is those next teams that are outside that are fighting for those 8th and ninth positions to get to the World Cup uh, on the women's side of things. India are ranked 12th, Japan are 11th, uh, the Republic of South Africa is ranked 13, and Ireland is ranked 15. Of the teams that qualified, they're all ranked, so far, they're all ranked with inside the top 10. The men's side of the draw, it's a little bit different. Um, Egypt, well, they could still qualify at this stage, and they're ranked 19th in the world. 
So that would be amazing. They could squeeze through in uh, one of those last fifth-place spots if they're lucky because they're now having to play in the uh, the lower ranks of the draw, having lost to Australia earlier today. But we'll have to see how the rest of the tournament plays out. Just a note on Egypt as well. We uh, we did mention last week it was the, the only result that we'd had through is that they got smashed 10-0 by Belgium. Uh, they then went on to lose 5-zip to, uh, to Germany. But then a, a, cl- a close defeat to Ireland, 2-1 down. Um, and then a, a great 2-1 result against the host South Africa um, in the, the African uh, derby there. So uh, uh, they've just lost out this evening 4-0 to Australia, but some really plucky performances considering the early start to the, the tournament for them and, uh, and the bragging rights in the African Confederation there. Now, as you pointed out in an earlier podcast with the way the fixturing works that you can have a poor start such as them and just scrape in. That's it. And once you're, once you're in those playoff games that's going to rank you one, two, three, four, or even five or six, then you're in with a chance because five plays eight across the draw. That's right. Well, we saw, we saw the Chinese women come from uh, second bottom in their, their pool group to, to beat Australia and advance through. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's still ways and means for some of those teams to qualify for the World Cup. And there's also five places up for grabs in the Confederation Championships as well. And there will also be teams looking at those Confederation Championships, understanding that, you know, if a team who wins that Confederation is also, has already previously qualified for the World Cup, the FIH may very well allocate that position according to world rankings, which might put your country in in the running. Yeah, well, certainly with with regard to Hockey World League rankings to start with, or the the results from the Hockey World League semi-finals, that you know that will come into play. And uh, yeah, there'll be a few nations there might be supporting some teams they wouldn't necessarily always support to try and get them over the line in the different confederation championships. Well, if you look at Ireland, they've missed out. And they're ranked ninth in the world. So they'll be hoping certain results go their way, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. And you can catch us at thereversestick.net or on the socials, Matt. Indeed you can at facebook.com forward slash the reverse stick and twitter.com forward slash the reverse stick. Please do get on, like, subscribe, follow. Like. Give us a... Big love sign. A hug. <laughs> a little emoji. <laughs> we just we just want any emoji that you've got out there, just throw it our way because we love emojis. And I'm just uh, I'm laughing at John when I'm saying that because he just told me he was going to videotape something a little bit <laughs> earlier on. And uh, yeah, some of the younger listeners out there might not quite know what that is, John. I've got some Polaroids if you'd like to see them. I'd rather not. Now, our feature interview. So yeah, we're on to our, our second and final part of our interview with Bernardo Fernandez of SouthPass.com and uh, we started off by asking him what triggered the change from writing the South Pass blog um, into some of the exciting projects that we see today, both online and out on the streets across Europe. I think it's all complementary. For me, it really motivates me is that uh, we are, at least we are trying to promote hockey, the game of hockey, the sport of hockey, so I see that in, in two dimensions so one is our role as engaging already hockey uh, fans more and more to the game, so for instance that can be when you go to our website and you read an interview with a top Australian player or a top British uh, player so I think that 
can ins inspire people, inspire uh, young people even more. So uh, and so we are promoting internally more our stars, our coaches. That is one side. Uh, and then the second part is also we have the, the, the vision or the, the, the illusion that also with the cool stuff that we are doing, with the, the, with the videos, we can also reach to people that probably never uh, never saw hockey before. So I see this in two dimensions. So engage the people that are already in hockey, but, but hopefully reaching new audiences and, and bringing hockey in a different style to new people. Um, yeah, I, and it, it's really uh, fulfilling and it's really, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to see uh, that we can reach so many different people all over the world nowadays and we get messages every day from kids in Uganda, Malaysia, Australia, Brazil, uh, Hungary, Armenia, every place, uh, yeah, all over the world. So, yeah, I think that it was an, an, a natural uh, development because when we launched our first trick video, it, the, the response was 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 amazing, and then we saw, whoa, wait a minute, we we, we can. We can explore this uh, more and more. So we try, we try every week to uh, innovate, to bring new stuff, but also to bring some uh, education, educative uh, stuff to the to the kids. Let, let's say like that. So just to answer your question, I think, um, yeah, we. I look at Self Pass as an organic um, project. So. We know we also have merchandising, we also have clothing, and who knows if tomorrow we are selling or, or we are filming, yeah, I don't know, lamps or something like that. <laughs> and as far as far as far as 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 a positive effect about okay, as far as helps uh, the promotion and and, and spreading the, the the word about the game, we are all in uh, about that. So. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, floating and it's developing organically, you, you know. Bernardo, have you uh, been watching a game of hockey and seen someone do something on the field at an international type level and gone, I know where they've seen that trick for all that skill from. That's come <laughs> from one of our videos. Uh, um, it, to be honest with you. So, it, it's still um, more the other way around. So maybe because I, I have my uh, eye uh, trained as a coach, we we do watch a lot of international uh, hockey, and then we try to learn a lot. Or well, I think it's also a professional side of, of of me, but I try to learn a lot by watching the behavior of. of Players, of course, there are some more interesting than, than others, or some they are more exciting to watch than others. Uh, so that experience, we, or at least I didn't notice yet, but what we see a lot is when we visit some clubs or when we are just uh, in the back and we watch kids uh, uh, fooling around with the ball. We see them a lot trying the the, the tricks that our skillers do, and that that is really. It is really cool to, to, to see, yeah.
But we also have some videos that the international players they are sending to us where they are challenged by the, the tricks that our boys uh, do. So, yeah, that's a little bit to to answer your question, yeah. So, Bernardo, you you mentioned before about the skillers, and you've got mm -hmm. three main guys that you use at the moment? Mm, yeah, three, four, yeah. Now we have uh, another Dutch boy that is more and more involved with us. But, yeah, basically, we, the, the main guys, they are the three Portuguese uh, skillers, yeah. And are they playing club hockey in, in Holland? Uh, yeah, well, uh, actually two of them, they were part of my team uh, for the last two years. Uh, and then the other one, so Miguel and Tiago were playing club hockey with me, where I was the coach. Uh, and then David, that is usually the boy that shows up with a cap, is playing in the Germany. He was playing in, in Germany now. So they, they, they play club hockey, in, let's say, in a sub-top level. And so you said there's a, a new lad, a Dutch lad, that's joined. Were there open auditions for this to take place? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's not really open audition, but it's, it's a kid here from the club that we know very well. And it is also one of, that he has the same uh, DNA as our boys, he, he, the boy sleeps with a stick uh, and is from 7 in the morning to uh, 11 in the night. He's, he's busy with hockey, uh, trying tricks, trying dribbles, and he's a really good player because he's already involved with the Netherlands under 16. So he's a great potential player. But he also has this touch, this skill. And to be honest with you, um, yeah... I would like, and I hope we, we go in that way, that uh, we have skillers uh, everywhere in the world. So I, I hope this becomes a more romantic connotation just to uh, stimulate kids to, to be skilled and to be busy with the stick and the ball, to be training. So, And then you see already in our social media that we try to, to publish videos just for from anonymous uh, kids that are very uh, handy with the stick and the ball. So, yeah, of course, uh, for logistic, uh, logistical reasons, <laughs> it's easier for us to have our group and to do things as, as a crew, as a team. Uh, but uh, who knows in the future how can we how we can develop and, and to make a, a worldwide uh, self-pass skillers uh, team. The Harlem Globetrotters of hockey. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> and that is Bernardo Fernandez from selfpass.com. You got any tricks? Um, staying on my feet is generally my, my main aim, so, um, you know, I, I managed to do that most weekends. Most weekends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah occasionally. Yeah, I may have taken a tumble at the weekend, but uh, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll keep that amongst ourselves, shall we? And we'll hear more from Bernardo a little bit later on in the program. Before we do, though, we're going to talk a little bit about broadcasting deals, Matt. Yeah, well, what stimulated this, John? And I, I'm already sounding as if I'm saying this with a heavy heart, but uh, it. It, uh, it got my goat a little bit in the middle of the week and like I said, I've said to you and I've said before, there's so many great games going on at the moment um, in Joburg and so I'm flicking through Twitter and Facebook and 
up pops a post from the International Hockey Federation. I've got to say, this is one of many that have popped up you know, throughout the tournament. Hashtag HWL2017 Joburg. If you are not watching already, be sure to watch this awesome event. Where to watch? And then it'll click through to uh, a list of places where you can watch the game. And you can find that list on the FIH website yourself. And, of course, I clicked through full of uh, hope that I might be able to view some games other than the ones that I can currently view in Australia, um, which is obviously where we're based. And uh, the, the company that's got the coverage uh, down here is Fox Sports. They choose to show occasional coverage of the Australia games. You'll get some uh, repeats through the day as well. Most of them are live, but a couple are, uh, are on delay. But you can't see any other games at all. And I want to watch every team, all the top sides from around the world. I want to watch them in one of the most exciting tournaments that we've we've got on this year. And I can't watch those games. I can't see a highlights package. I can't even see any goals that have been scored. And uh, so it prompted me to respond to that uh, Facebook post from uh, from the FIH. And I wrote, uh, hi, uh, FIH, we would love to watch some of our favourite players and teams that are not playing for our home nation. How can we make this happen? So much wonderful hockey being played in Joburg and no means for the entire hockey globe to watch all of it. There has to be a better way to deliver our premier level games to a wider audience and the Hockey Pro League will live or die on how it is broadcast to the world. Hashtag hockey everywhere. So... I was quite pleased. I got a response from the FIH, and uh, well, you've done better on Facebook than I've done with email. Well, it might just be a personality thing, John. <laughs> um, but uh, so I got a fairly swift response, and I've got to say it's not uncommon. Uh, it's, not, it's not unlike some previous responses I've had over the years, both with uh, the FIH and Hockey Australia, when asking similar questions about what's being broadcast and where I can see it. And the response that I garnered was. Hello there. Every participating nation has broadcast rights. We suggest you contact the broadcaster in your country with the rights and ask them why they are not showing more and or where you can watch the other games. Team FIH, here is a list of broadcasters. And they obviously give us a little link there. What do you think to that, John? Well, as it turns out, Matt, we've written an editorial about this week on the the website, thereversestick.net. Um, and in that editorial... We have said, remember that, we have said, okay? Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah just letting you know. I've got, to, I've got to say, I think on the last week's editorial, I did do the final paragraph for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah you did. Uh, now, why, why are we having to talk to the broadcaster over this? Why isn't the FIH saying to us, well, thanks for bringing that to our attention, we'll look into it for you? Because they're the ones that signed the broadcast deal. Now, there's no point in ringing Foxtel up for finding out where alternatives are to that because we're geo-blocked in Australia from watching anything because of the deal signed by the FIH with Foxtel. It's part of their broadcast rights deal. The only way you can see that sort of stuff, any hockey in Australia, is through them and when they choose to broadcast it. Now, I'm led to believe that Foxtel don't really rate hockey as a sport and in fact, uh, rumour has it that um, a Foxtel spokesperson got up at a meeting with people involved with hockey and said as such that they will not, you know, change things until they get enough complaints to change things, rather than just showing it and see what happens. 
So that that's the sort of beast you're fighting up against. The editorial outlines more of that idea, the reverse stick dot net. But coming back to the point of you know what more do I make of it? Well, we mentioned in a, a few podcasts ago what the future model was for hockey broadcasting. Now the FIH has signed several deals recently with different broadcasters, different nations, in different continents. So. Are these sorts of rules that have suddenly well are applying to us here in Australia? Is that what we're going to find from other co- when the the hockey pro league goes? Is that is that the same sort of broadcast model they're looking forward with? Has no connection between the hockey globe and it completely ignores that we're a global sport. Well, I think you you brought up a good point point there, and and one of the concerns is that. The broadcasters that are in place at the moment uh, for the Hockey World League and the other st- the other tournaments that are under current contract, many of them are the, are the same same that have signed up for the Hockey Pro League. So um, it seems like we might have the same arrangements unless some kind of radical change happens. Now, just to follow on from uh, the response that I got from uh, the FIH on the Facebook post, there's a gentleman called Graham Bodes followed up with a, a comment uh, which I think is worth sharing. And uh, Graham wrote, the question is, can FIH develop a better model which provides for hockey supporters around the world who are willing to pay a pay-to-watch charge to ensure they can watch live via the internets? Matches of this calibre, when they want, and perhaps a lesser charge to watch recorded matches after the fact. Hmm. Rather than having to sign up to 20th century media organisations that are quite simply dinosaurs, I think you need to give due consideration to the potential inherent in a wider audience get than the one currently undertaken. And look, I really, really couldn't agree more with what Graham's written there. Um, there needs to be a change to the system for access across the globe. Um, and what, what do you think about Graham's comments there? Oh, absolutely. Hits a nail on the head. And let's face it, moving forward, that is the new media landscape. And some of these subscription and free-to-air broadcasters represent the old landscape. There are ways and means now that hockey can do this for itself. Unfortunately, they cost a lot of money. It now, depends on what the will is within the organisation to take that chance and how much the hockey community wishes to support it because it goes nowhere, either on free-to-air television, subscription television or hockey going on alone, without the support of the hockey community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just quickly... <laughs> And let's face it, we can't blame the FIH for this situation. They find themselves in this situation. We're not trying to bash the FIH. We're trying to energise the hockey community to look at alternatives to what we're being provided with and, and try and lobby the FIH to take a look at those models. Now it's, it's not all doom and gloom all across the globe, and, and the situation we experience here is, is different in different countries. Um, I can see that... BT Sport, who've got the rights in the UK, seem very progressive. You look online, there's a lot of stuff that's streamed on there, as long as as, as well as stuff that goes through their regular channels. As long as you're not in Australia. Well, yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> we, we we wouldn't be able to access, obviously, in in Australia, not not legally anyway. N- no, no, we we haven't seen any of that stuff. No, and <laughs> no, I, this is the thing, though. I don't think it, a lot of the the way that the the uh, broadcasts are happening. It's through pay-per-view sites. It, you need uh, network keys and, and passwords to, to get in, which are linked to your subscription. But So it's different ar- around the globe. So, uh, for example, in Argentina, uh, on ESPN South, 
you can see all of the Argentinian games streamed live and uh, sorry not all games streamed live and the Argentinian games on demand I couldn't see what the cost for that was but it's a um, you've got to go through your pay TV provider to then be you know might be ESPN2 or ESPN then you can view it through the ESPN play app in Belgium there's a couple of providers but it seems to be that the play sports website is linked into a telecommunications company so if you get your phone or your internet through that company then there's an add-on for different sports packages um, but once again it's something that you've certainly got to pay for that looked as though it was around sort of 20 to 40 euros a, a month cost um, there was random videos some highlights um, it, it wasn't exactly clear that you could get everything on there in Africa uh, Supersport have got the rights there. Uh, the, um, everything's available on demand on Supersport 8 or through the DSTV app. So all the games are live and there's replays of all the games, but you'd, you'd kind of hope that with the tournament being, being held in, in Africa. Uh, so, and I could go on and on and on about the different countries and it, and none of them are exactly the same. Um, the fact that FIH don't seem to be able to produce their own highlights package to show on their website um, to throw show through their social media it, it 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 astounds me and you know i haven't i haven't seen half the goals that have been scored in the tournament well a lot of that comes back to once again the uh, the hijacking of anything the FIH can really do about it because of the broadcast deals that they have to sign and the rights that they sign away so if they put something up even on their own website it can't be broadcast into australia for example, because Fox is the only people that have the rights to do that in this country. Well, and this is coming from the governing body. FIH aren't getting involved. You, you can't find any video footage of the current tournament through, uh, through the, on their YouTube. Or, so you can, there, there's plenty of action coming from the Euro Hockey Junior Championships and the under 16 uh, Euro Hockey Fives that just happened. Live games on YouTube, recorded games on there. You know, you can watch it on demand. But, uh, you know, one of the, the premier tournaments with the premier players, it's not available everywhere around the world. And, you know, this, it, the power obviously lies with the broadcaster, and it begs the question, who's signing these contracts? Okay, uh, some people who are paid to by the FIH. But that's, ultimately, the responsibility for these changes to happen are going to come from the hockey viewing public. I, I, we... <laughs> If we, it doesn't matter what we don't tune into, it'll all fail. We've, we've got to concentrate on trying to generate enough interest in a model that will work for everyone everywhere. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And look, I, I don't even think the, the current model that's there, um, so, which is all basically a, a, a paid su- subscription unless you're in one of the countries that has the Olympic Channel and, and some of it's being shown on there. Um, but it's a, it's a pay for service. Well, how about for a solution? We we pay for just the hockey, and and we don't have to pay for a sports package that includes rugby sevens and soccer and whatever else. If if you're not interested in having that, why can't we have something which is ju- a, a pure hockey channel and hockey lovers can subscribe to it? Hey, how about this for an idea? We as hockey lovers, we fund it. Let's crowdsource. Let's go out to the three million plus hockey players around the world in 128 countries and say, right, we want five bucks five quid five you know whatever it might be five euros off every one of you and let's go and self-fund this uh hockey broadcast channel do it ourselves and do it for free and uh free for for hockey lovers and players all over the world 
Viva la revolution. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that's that, that's just you know one of one of the potential solutions, and we could um, you know fund that through crowdfunding. We could fund it through sponsors. Um, we can fund it through national associations that could get their own little time slots on the World Hockey Channel, and we could watch Dutch Premier League hoof, hoof class games. We could watch games from all over the world, from the highest club standard for state tournaments, and uh, you know, it's, have it there for free. Surely that's got to help grow the hockey community and, and promote our game more than anything. I think, as a model. It's not a bad idea. As the ideas go, what you're proposing, Matt, uh, there are certain issues with that. I mean, one of the the big issues with trying to do any sort of self-broadcasting model is the logistics of it. And I know that what you're talking about is an idea where, you know, clubs would set up their own feeds so when there was a game there that they, they had a platform that it could be broadcast to the globe. But we're also talking about... Uh, you know, showcasing the premier event of, of global hockey. And to do that, there are certain standards that need to be met across the broadcasting spectrum. And this is where these deals become interesting in a much wider sense for the, for the higher end of the game because the, these different broadcasters that are signing on to, to broadcast the, uh, the hockey pro league, what what is the model they're working to as a broadcast standard? What sort of commentators are we going to get? How many cameras are going to be at each game? Is it going to be the same quality of broadcast regardless of which country and which broadcaster is producing it? Yeah, you definitely, I think you need for it to succeed, you need some continuity all the way throughout with it. So that's the standard of production, the standard of commentary, the standard of presenting. Um, you know, I, I, probably cricket's a good model to use where you see uh, uh, nations, let's say England, are going to go and play in Australia, then very often you'd have an English commentator sitting in with an Australian panel and doing co-commentary. The same if the Indians come to Australia. Uh, Harsha Bobla is always uh, on on there with the, the commentators, and that it gives you the uh, the different flavour and the uh, insight of of home nation broadcasters. And, and that's interesting. And that's just one language, though. We're just talking English, yeah. and the hockey world, the hockey globe, is far bigger than just English. So you can imagine you're going to have to have at least uh, an English commentary team, a Spanish commentary team, a German commentary team. What other languages can, can we squeeze in there as well? well you know, yeah, the, there's the lots French, of other languages. The Belgians, yeah. you know, some of them mix over. I don't know exactly, but that uh, Chinese are the China. The Chinese are going to be there. So there's a Chinese language team. Yeah. Um, and that's just for one game, plus the camera crew, and so the the financials and the the infrastructure of these projects start to take on a huge, a huge. Yeah, context. I, was, I think look, I don't I don't I don't think necessarily you need the Chinese commentator at the Italy versus Spain game. Um, no, no, you do, you do need it there because we expect the the English commentator to be at. Uh, an India versus Korea game, or we expect the that same same service. Yeah, no, so I, I, I hear, you, I hear. You. Well, look, the, a solution to that is watching it on the on the screen back back in the home country and and sort of you know talking over the feed coming in, isn't that? That's done plenty enough as it is, even by the big broadcasters at, at events like the Olympics. And these are just some of the problems that you go through. Okay, we're not trying to find answers here, but these these are the sorts of issues and. As a hockey globe, we have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, 
there is one other quite simple um, solution that, and th- this has been done before with different tournaments, where uh, where you, you're geo-blocked um, because of broadcast rights deals. If the nation that you're in isn't broadcasting that game live or one of the games from uh, a tournament that they bought the package on the broadcast rights for, then perhaps that should then be allowed to be viewed, streamed online from a central source like the FIH, and uh, and, and yeah, and if it if it's on uh, TV in your home country, well, tough luck. You're going to have to subscribe to that 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 service to watch it. I don't like that model, uh, and I think hockey's expensive is, is expensive enough as it is, um, but at least you know that you can actually view it. I've got an idea. Go ahead. The reverse stick. TV, Stick TV. Right. Any uh, major sponsors? If ABN Amro or uh, Rabobank are interested in getting on board, then please do send us an email at admin at net. I reckon I can get the bloke with the cafe who makes my toasted sandwiches on board. Well, that's uh, you, you might buy a five-second slot for fifty bucks. <laughs> Time now for the last of our chat with Bernardo Fernandez, the founder of selfpass.com. It's a fantastic website. You should get on there. Try a few of those tricks at home if you can as well. You never know. Might pick up something, one one or two things along the way. And we hear what challenges Bernardo thinks faces the game looking ahead. There are some big challenges. Uh, we live in, in, a, in a moment in, in okay that... I think it's quite uh, interesting, but also challenging and also delicate, you know, because, um, for instance, in social media, in terms of professionalization, we are giving steps and there's more money, there's more sponsoring, there's more attention, more exposure, but our... uh, how can I put this in a, in a polite or balanced way? Our 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 sport is uh, it changed it changed a lot, and we are we are struggling uh, in finding a balance between club hockey and international hockey. And uh, yeah, and now we we yeah the pro hockey league. It's a really amazing uh, concept um, in, in in its core. But it's also a bit um, it excludes uh, in a way. So yeah, I, I have my doubts, but uh, I want to be I want to be optimistic, and I want to to I wish that in in, in some years we find a, a better balance between keep being an innovative, progressive sport, but also find some calm and also find some standardized. Competition formats, which allows everyone to 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 have their own space. But for me, uh, also, Matt, uh, I would like to tell you that uh, I envision a hockey where club club hockey becomes uh, the most important area, and not international hockey. Yeah, because also from a, a marketing perspective, uh, and then. Yeah, I can't consider myself at this moment a hockey marketeer. <laughs> um, uh, it's also, yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, if you are for so long to doing the stuff that we do, uh, that I do with self pass you, you, you learn something. And I think there's always um, 
too much focus on international competition uh, and then having players playing for the national team. But from a marketing perspective, if you don't empower those players in a daily basis, if you don't make them star, stars in, at the club level in a daily basis in the social media, doesn't matter that you have Argentina playing against Belgium or Australia playing against uh, uh, South Africa if you don't know the players. You understand what I mean? Uh, look, we're, we're, so we're, we're both sitting here at the, at the moment, Bernardo, nodding heads. So that last three and a half, four minutes that you just spoke there, we're, we're in absolute full yeah. agreement with everything you said there. And I think a project like yours uh, can play a big role on that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you this because... I have a meeting with the, with the marketing departments from the FIH and uh, some federations, and this is a, a, a calm critique that I, I that I give to them. That uh, it's not about having champions trophies or pro league uh, every six months on TV doesn't make per se the the teams or the clubs to become more popular, or more famous. So I think we should work the other way around, but that's just my opinion, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. But th this sounds a, a very negative critic. In the other hand, I think there are a lot of uh, cool things going on from FIH, from the national federations, the players are more aware about the, the need of social media, of having a proper image, of being role models, there's more professionalization in, in the sport. For instance, here in the Netherlands, uh, you, you see all the big clubs, they are building stadiums and, and, and for something that, 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 that exists, that is happening, but there's still a long way to go. Um, but that is also cool, right? That is, it's nice that we are in the moment there. A lot of things can be done and need to be done. That is also nice. Bernardo, thank you very much for your time today. It's been very entertaining, and uh, good luck with southpass.com and, and everything that brings for you. And uh, we'll certainly keep on watching and keep on uh, uh, giving you the likes and the thumbs up and everything on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, really excited to see what the next steps are for, for South Pass. And good luck with it all. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Matt and, uh, and John. Thank you for this invitation. Uh, for me, it's, it was a pleasure. And... As I told you guys before, it, it's uh, it's really nice to see people coming with nice ideas, with practical ideas, with things that uh, that uh, add something to our game. And I wish you all the success because uh, I think if you are so friendly and, and so nice to the other uh, guests, it will not be very difficult to to have uh, another interesting um, people talking with you guys. And from my side. Anything I can help to promote you or within my network, just feel, please feel free to, to ask. And once again, thank you very much for this interview and for this uh, opportunity. Thank you. That was Bernardo Fernandez from selfpass.com. I just left that little bit of icing on the end there for you, Matt. Oh, no, he's, he's a lovely fellow and we had a, we had a great chat and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that he likes what we're doing because uh, we certainly like what he's doing. Absolutely. It's uh, been great to see some of those tricks go. If I, was, if I was young again, if I was a little boy just starting out. You only need 10 hours a day to practice, John.
So just before we wrap up, John, I just want to uh, say thanks for those of you that left some nice comments on iTunes for us. Please do like and subscribe if you listen to your podcast via those means. Give us the five stars and help spread the word. Uh, special thanks to Boss Field Hockey in the UK for your nice comments there. Uh, he wants a little bit less of our chat and a bit more interview, but uh, we'll see what we can do for you, boss. Uh, coming up next week, uh, our very first competition. That's exciting. And we hope to bring you news from the uh, Hockey India AGM on the 24th. It's going to be interesting <laughs> what comes out of that, John. Uh, absolutely. Looking forward to that news. How'd you go last weekend? A 2-1 win after going 1-0 down. It was a bit of a struggle, but, you know, it was a win and a win's a win. Where are you on the table, mate? Still top of the ladder, but four games to go, and uh, the pack are hot on our heels and scoring lots of goals. <laughs>